Who gets blinded the most to my sin? You? No. Me. I get blinded. That's why I have to constantly, day in and day out, search my heart, oh God. See if there's any wicked way in me, oh God. Try me and test me, oh God. And then God, lead me in the way everlasting. Welcome to This Day in the Word with Pastor John Couch, the radio teaching ministry of This Day Ministries. It is a joy to have you listening today, and we pray that you will be encouraged, challenged, and motivated to live for God like never before. And now, with today's message, here's Pastor John Couch. Father, we come before you with just a holy awe and reverence of who you are. There's none like you. simply wrapped up in who you are and your characteristics provides everything that we need in this broken, challenging, disappointing earthly life. And so, Father, I pray for the one here today, maybe several today that have never truly given their life to you, God. Holy Spirit, I pray you will move in power in this time. Even right now, I pray that You'd root out all the lies of the enemy, his schemes, his deceptions, his vices. And God, I pray You would show us Your grace. Show us Your mercy. Show us Your love. For that person right now, God, that that doesn't understand love, There's so many scars and woundedness and brokenness and they can't wrap their head around how the God of the Bible could love them. Oh, Holy Spirit, I pray right now will You show them that You love them. Oh, Father, that You love them with a love that's out of this world. Move in this place today. I don't want business as usual, Father. I believe you're still in the miracle business. Oh, Lord, move and move in power. Grab a hold of my heart. Grab a hold of every heart in this room today. And I pray every person in this room today would surrender their lives to you in total obedience, pursuing holiness under Your grace, under Your mercy, that we might give You glory to be disciples of Jesus that make disciples of Jesus. Oh, Father, we worship You in this hour as we open Your Word, as we assemble around the Word. May we never take this for granted. And we pray this all in the name that's above every name. We pray this all In the name that was crucified and executed on my behalf, on your behalf, we pray this in the name, the name, the name of King Jesus do we pray, and all God's people said, amen. Take your Bible and turn to 1 Peter. If you don't have a Bible, the verses will be on the screen. 
First Peter chapter 5, looking at verses 5 through 7 today, and the title of the message is The Clothes of Humility. Have you ever met a person who is humble? What is it that strikes you about that person? You know, it's interesting when you think about a culture that doesn't champion humility. You're not going to read about it probably in the newspaper. You're not going to see a lot about it perhaps on social media. In many circles, perhaps at the workplace or in the family dynamic, you may not talk about it a lot. But what's very interesting is as I scoured the Scriptures from page to page to page, I see an ever-present desire on behalf of God to create in me, to create in you a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit in me. And humility is part of that equation. When we look at these verses here together, I want us to digest them, if you will. In our chop, 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 get it done yesterday culture, it can be easy to try to put this stuff in a blender and hope and pray that it somehow takes root. But I pray over these moments that we will block out every distraction and simply just meditate and marinate on the Word of God. Here's what First Peter writes. Holy Spirit, I pray you'll move and speak right now as we elevate your word. 1 Peter 5, verse 5, Likewise, you who are younger, be subject to the elders. Clothe yourselves, all of you, with what church? Humility. How? Toward one another. Now, don't miss this. Don't miss this next phrase. For God opposes the proud... But He gives grace. He gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, where? Under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time, mm, He may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on Him because He cares for you. I've been thinking a lot lately about scars, woundedness, brokenness. We all got them, don't we? I say this phrase often, and I believe it to my core, uh, part of the vision that the Lord has given me for this church is that we would not be a house for the saints, but a hospital for the spiritually sick. Because we're all, at some level, spiritually sick. Yes, we're under the blood of Jesus, but we're in this thing called sanctification for you that have truly given your life to Christ, and it's this ongoing change more to be conformed to the image of Christ. And in that process... Well, there's some good days and some not-so-good days. But aren't you glad that in the midst of it, God doesn't give up on you? I mean, aren't you glad that God doesn't give up on you? 
I am so glad in my brokenness and my frailty and my temptation to go off the reservation from time to time that God doesn't give up on me. See, here in Peter, as he writes, as we looked at last week, he was addressing the pastor elders and that high bar, that high call. It's not to be taken lightly. Man, this is a serious matter. And I believe one of the reasons that he was telling the pastors and elders that, that here's the bar, here's where you must be, because he knew, he had the t-shirt, he got the t-shirt, if you will, but he knew that the leadership over a church, leadership over believers is such a heavy mantle, a glorious mantle to carry. But here's the deal, there's a lot of pain in that process. And I believe Peter is reminding the elder pastors of what they're signing up for so that when the furnace gets turned up, not if it does, but when it gets turned up, he wants to make sure that those leaders aren't looking for the exit ramps. And yet even that can be taken down to the average church member. We have so much in our minds, perhaps from yesterday, we have so much in our minds and hearts from growing up, we have so much of that brokenness and again the scars that we all bring, we all carry our bags, don't we? We all got our stuff and we're bringing it to the game, if you will, we're, we're bringing it to the table and, and Peter's reminding us, he says, look, there's just not a better way, there's the only way and he says it right here in these verses, in these three verses, in three compact verses, he unpacks this in such a glorious way when he, he says these words in verse 5, he says, likewise you who are younger be subject to the elders, clothe yourselves, all of you, with humility towards one another, For God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. What's he getting out here, this younger thing he's talking about? Well, I believe we can unpack it and come to this conclusion. He's talking to younger people to be subject to the pastor, elders, etc. However, he's not excluding those that are older. For whatever reason, by the power of the Holy Spirit, he's saying, Look, I'm going to focus on this one group for just a moment in this one verse, and, and perhaps there was challenges with the younger folks in that fellowship that did not want to submit. Now again, let's pause here for just a moment. I want to make sure we clear this up, make this very, very clear. The submission to pastoral leadership is joyful in the context, hear me clearly on this where there is full pursuit by the pastor pastors of God, His glory, His praise, the Word, prayer, righteousness, obedience, holiness, where those things are being pursued, and there's not manipulation, there's not bullying, there's not domineering, there should be joyful submission. That's how God wired this thing. He designed it. He did. So this is not... Wacko and Waco. This is not Jokers in Jonestown, where you got crazy people brainwashing people. That's not what he's talking about. This is spiritually healthy environments called a church that 
the setup, the hierarchy, the way it should operate healthily, if you will, in a healthy manner is how God set this up. And he says this phrase, he says, be subject to. In other words, it means this, to be subordinate to. Now, here's the deal, right? We came out of the womb kicking and screaming. And we were screaming, feed me, change me. And like, do it now. So, so none of us, myself at the top of the list, have to be taught how to be insubordinate. <laughs> it's just part of how we are. Don't tell me what to do. I'll give you a knuckle sandwich. I won't give you five, I'll give you two. It's just how we're wired. It's kind of part of the fall. But he says these words by the power and inspiration of the Holy Spirit, not to be mean, not to be condescending, but for our good. And he says, be subject to, he says, clothe yourselves. Literally, you could take the imagery of a servant who's putting on an apron. That's the imagery here. You're putting on an apron, you're tying the apron so it won't come loose, and you're prepared to serve. You're clothing yourself. You're putting on this, as Vita was saying earlier this morning, the new man. I love that. <laughs> the old is gone. The new's here. Clothe yourselves with what? Humility. Humility is simply this, forgetting about myself. Now again, you talk about counter-human nature, when there's a battle going on there, isn't it? I mean, we can smile, we can raise our hands, we can say, go Jesus. But the moment we open the Scriptures and it says, John, you need to forget about yourself, like, ooh, brother, those are fighting words. This is heavy lifting here. And we could read the accounts of, you know, don't murder and, and don't steal and those type of things, and we feel pretty good about ourselves, amen? We check, 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 man, I got this thing buttoned up. But when we read these passages, they're in our face, and they're really convicting, not in a condemning way, if you're a true believer. If you're a true believer, they're a healthy conviction that prunes, refines, and sharpens, because we read recently that judgment begins. Pruning, refining begins at the house of God. And here Peter's saying, look, humble yourselves. Put this on, all of you. Interesting, younger people, he's addressing that that generation for a moment here, and then all of a sudden he goes, wait a minute, time out, in case you're getting a little hoity-toity over there in the back row. He's like, wait a minute. He's like, all of you, clothe yourselves. Put on your aprons, men and women. Roll up your sleeves. Be willing to serve. Whether it's a marriage, whether it's a church, whether it's a business, a ball team, a church, if we just seek to outserve one another, not for applause, not for a pat on the back, but we just seek to outserve one another in that home, at the church, on the ball team, at work, you will be blown away at what happens transformationally in that organization. Blown away. One simple tweak. One simple tweak of a, how can I outserve? 
not to be noticed, but in humility. That will bring a, a koinonia, a fellowship, a togetherness in your marriage. It will, it will bring a koinonia fellowship in your church, in your business, in your ball team, and, and wherever you are, it will bring people together because as we serve one another, as we do this back and forth, back and forth, it will bring unity. That's why Peter's saying, look, you got to do this. If you really want to be all that God's called you to be, Because here he says this last phrase, for God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Here's the deal. When Peter says that God, Theos, the creator of the universe, opposes the proud, he's literally saying this, that the creator of the universe, all-powerful, omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent, he, God, is unleashing war against the proud. That's what that means. Often, you know, we'll kind of, ah, he's a prideful person. Ah, she's a prideful person. Ah, he's not very teachable. She's not very teachable. And we kind of say it almost kind of nonchalantly, right? Like it's not a big deal. <laughs> Let me say this one more time. When you understand this from the original language, it means this. That God is going to unleash war against the prideful. So if your home has a prideful narrative to it, God's going to war against it. If your church has pride in it, God's going to war against it. If you, if I am a prideful individual, God's going to war against us. This is nothing to be trifled with. This is why earlier on, preceding verses, he made the comment Peter did, judgment begins at the house of God. God loves his church. He loves her. Jesus is coming back for his church, amen? And we're not talking about a building. We're talking about true believers, not church attenders. I'm talking about true believers like Vito today that say, man, I'm making a declaration. My life is no longer my own. That's who Jesus is coming back with. And the people that infiltrate organizations, yes, even a church that are prideful are actually quenching and grieving the Holy Spirit. And here's the deal. God's going to war. You know, I was thinking about that, and I thought, oh, Lord, help me. Please, Lord, don't allow me to be the cause of the war. I made two notes here. I said humility will be a defining mark of true believers and a true church. Secondly, if humility is not ever present, pride is. 
and the Holy Spirit is being quenched and grieved, and God, the most powerful being, goes to war against those who rebel against Him. Because you've got to remember this, church, that humility and pridefulness are bitter enemies. They're bitter enemies. They hate each other. And that's why our key number one in your notes is this. Key number one. If we do not truly submit to God, we will not truly submit to one another. Key number one, write it down. If we do not truly submit to God first, we will not truly submit to one another. Now, you've got to remember this. It's, it goes back again to outflow, inflow, right? What you take in is, is what we pass out, if you will. We give out. It's root and fruit. Whatever you are rooted to today, if you're rooted to King Jesus, uh, you will give off that sweet aroma. Like people will just see it. You walk in the room and they're kind of like, ooh, I know who's coming with you. His last name's Spirit and his first name's Holy. Here he comes. And yet, it's totally possible to say you're all in when you're really not. And someone else joins you in the room. And you can see it and you can sense it. If we don't submit to God, we'll never submit to one another. It just won't happen. It's a fool's errand. But when we submit to God, say, God, I want you to do something in my life today, God. God, I want you to move and shake me. I want you to search me, oh God, and know my heart, oh God, and see if there's any wicked way in me, oh God, and then, and then lead me in the way everlasting. I think one of our challenges in this American free-for-all that we live in is that our eyes are too dry. Dry eyes often are a great indicator of pridefulness and Moist eyes in that prayer closet, not for show, often show a heart that's being pruned in a joyful way and led in righteousness. That's why Hebrews chapter 13 says it like this, verse 17, so beautifully. 13, 17, obey your leaders and submit to them. Now we could pause there and go, that doesn't sound very fun. Well, look what it says. For they are keeping watch over your souls. Now, just pause there for a moment. Like keeping watch, keeping guard, like just looking out for and saying, man, I love you so much that I don't want you to go down this path. And, and that's why I'm trying to reach out and trying to care and, and trying to share with you. And, and it's for your best interest. But then he goes on and says this phrase. As those who will have to give an account. Let me read that one more time. Pastor elders, obey your leaders and submit to them. Okay? They're keeping watch over your souls. Wow. As those who will have to give an account. See, I take this very, very seriously. Like, I'm going to give an account. I'm going to give an account. You say, how do I know? Because I just read it. I'm going to give an account. Did I nourish your souls? 
Did I look after your souls? Did I follow the crowd? Did I want to be popular? I take this so seriously. And then he says this, let them do this with joy and not with groaning, for that would be of no advantage to you. Wow. You know what's interesting about pride and humility? It's really easy to be rebellious and undermining, even in stealth mode, isn't it? Like you don't have to do it and like have a billboard. I'm being rebellious. Oh, it can be so undermining and just so slight. And we trick ourselves into thinking, well, it's just a little bit and it's a little here. We have no clue what's going on in the spiritual realm because even the tinge, the twinge of undermining the mission reeks of pridefulness. And when it reeks of pridefulness, we just read God opposes, he's unleashing war. I, I pray that we never forget this. I pray that I never forget this, that the moments that I slip into pridefulness, the moments that I slip into John mode, the moments that I sulk and pout and, you know, I'm not getting my way and this is what I want to do, the moments I'm doing that. If I live in that habitually, God's going to war. You're listening to This Day in the Word, the radio teaching ministry of This Day Ministries. All of Pastor Couch's messages are archived and are free to download at thisdayministries.org. In addition, you can share your prayer requests with us via email. Our email address for prayer requests is prayer at thisdayministries.org. That's prayer at thisdayministries.org. And now, back to This Day in the Word with Pastor John Couch. Think about verse 6. Peter doubles down. This humility thing must be important. I mean, he's like, let me kind of unpack this a little more, he's saying here. Verse 6, humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time, very, very important, so that at the proper time, He may exalt you. Now again, let's just unpack that together. So he goes, look, I just explained, Peter did, he's like, here's the deal, here's the humility thing, here's the prideful thing. Just in case you missed it, though, he says, verse 6, humble yourselves. There it is again. Forget about self. Be others focused. Under the mighty hand of God. So there's a reason for this imagery here. Anytime that we are under something, I'm going to make a very profound, deep theological statement here. Anytime that you're under something, church, you are under something. I know. Just let that sink in. It actually means this in the original to, again, be subject to. Now, let's connect some dots here. So we have younger people, we got elders, pastors, we got a clothing, an apron going on here, and it's tied like in a knot, so it's not coming off, man. Rolling up the sleeves, and I'm ready to dig in and serve. Not about me, it's all about his glory, his fame, his name, and that's all I want to see happen. And as we do that, we see very clearly here that God goes, 
warning, warning. There's a humility thing that's really, really good, a prideful thing that's not very, very good. Actually, it's horrible. You don't want it in your life. I'm going to go to war against it, but I'm going to give grace. I'm going to give unmerited favor, God's redemption at Christ's expense, grace. I'm going to extend it lavishly, just lavishly. It's so crazy, isn't it? I'm going to extend it to those that say, I need you, Lord. I just need you. For the person that cries out, Lord, I need you. Oh, I need you. Every hour, I need you. My one defense, your righteousness. Oh, God, how I need you for that person. Did you see the desperation? Do you see the humility? Do you see that the blinders have been removed? They're like, I don't want to be on this train wreck going nowhere any longer, man. I want to surrender to the king. I want to live to make a difference. And there's grace in that equation. Done nothing to deserve it. Actually, just the opposite. I've, I've done everything to not deserve it. For you, the true believer in the room today, His grace that's been lavished on you today, you've done absolutely nothing. Nothing to earn it. Any hint that we go, well, you know what, man, I'm, I'm pretty good. Whew, what have I just done? I mean, it's possible to be prideful in my humility, isn't it? No. Right here, humble yourselves under, under. We don't default to this, the subordination, and we don't saunter into His presence. I mean, when you understand who God really is, He's not our buddy. He's not Mother Nature. He's not the man upstairs. He's holy God. He's almighty God. And we should tremble in His presence. Why? So that the proper time, look in verse 6, so that at the proper time, He may exalt you. Have you guys figured this out yet in your life? I know I have. (laughs) When it comes to God's timing and our timing, (laughs) it's kind of funny how they very rarely match up, amen? (laughs) God's never early, He's never late, but He's always right on His time. And at His time, He will do the exalting. He's not saying to humble yourself again out of some sort of punishment. He's saying, look, it's part of the sanctification in the true believer. you got to remember here that Peter's talking to a group of people that they're suffering horribly. They're out there in this massive Roman Empire. They're standing tall for the gospel of Jesus Christ. People are persecuting them. And he's trying to rally the troops and saying, don't lose heart. Keep pressing on. And part of that pressing on is humility. Think about key number two in your notes. Write this down. In God's economy... The way up is down. Key number two, write it down. In God's economy, the way up is down. Think about this for a moment. So we have this thought of being subject to, we have this thought of humility. When you really look at that, and you really unpack that whole thought there, could we argue this rhetorically? Could we argue that humility can be demonstrated by submission. 
I get it. Counter-argument. We could give the impression we're being submissive when we're really not. Totally get it. But I think we would agree that typically a habitual life of humility would show a habitual life of submission, of outserving one another. Because at some point, let's say it's fake. Let's go back to that argument. At some point, you can't keep up the charade forever. You're going to slip up at some point. Humility, though, if it's real, it's just who you are. Remember, what's in us comes out of us. When we are squeezed, when we're under pressure, we are like a sponge, and we get squeezed. And if Jesus and his word and life, and understand that today, please, church, the gospel is life. And so many people are walking around, whether either professing Christ or have never professed Christ, and they're dead men and women walking. And here we see so clearly here from this thought that in God's economy, the way up is down. When we begin to internalize that and begin to live it, it was once said, be humble or be humbled. Oh, how true that is, isn't it? Be humble or be humbled. Think about Isaiah. Write this down. Isaiah 66. Isaiah 66, 2, and we'll call it B, the back end of that verse. Listen to what the Word of God says about this humility. But this is the one to whom I will look. He who is humble and contrite in spirit and who trembles at my word. Isn't that good? Let me read that one more time. Isaiah 66, 2b. Actually, let's read that together right now. Here we go. But this is the one to whom I will look. He who is humble and contrite in spirit and trembles at my word. Wow, isn't that good? Think about you combine those thoughts. Humility, contrition, when a person's truly humble, man, there will be an automatic trembling of God's Word. Why, it's holy. You know, as I hold this Bible in front of us today, I, I hold what I believe from Scripture that it's living, that it's active, that it's real, that it's true. The B-I-B-L-E. Yes, that's the book for me. I stand alone on the Word of God, the B-I-B-L-E, amen. There is something so life-giving in this. It's how the power of the Holy Spirit works. And again, if you're here today, you've never given your life to Jesus. It's not real. Maybe you've never professed Him ever. My prayer again right now is the Holy Spirit continues to bring this to my mind here today. I pray right now the Holy Spirit will work in your life, that He will break through, that He will show you that there is only one way, that's the blood of Jesus Christ, and He will set you free from all of that baggage of your past. He and He alone can do the work, and He can do it now. Because Obadiah chapter 1, verse 3 says it like this. The pride of your heart has deceived you. You who live in the cleft of the rock, 
in your lofty dwelling who say in your heart, who will bring me down to the ground? Oh, the pride of our hearts deceives. And I read that verse this past week and I asked myself this question, I'll ask you, but who gets blinded the most to my sin? Who gets blinded the most to my sin? You? No, me. I get blinded. That's why I have to constantly, day in and day out, search my heart, O oh God. See if there's any wicked way in me, O oh God. Try me and test me, O oh God. And then God, lead me in the way everlasting. Because verse 7 just puts a big red bow on this. And this is very interesting, church, when you look at verse 7 on the screen. Did you notice something about verse 7 for you that are English majors? Any English majors in the room? Besides not me? Verse 7 is not a new sentence. Let me read the sentence. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that the proper time, His time, He may lift you up, He may exalt you, casting all, casting all your anxieties on Him. Why? Any guesses? Take a guess as you read the next few words. Because He cares for you. I get this. I get this. With all the scars of our past and all across this room, there are scars everywhere, especially in this pulpit. Sometimes it's hard to believe that someone cares. I get it. That's a lie from the pit of hell is what that is. Because I read and I stand alone on the Word of God and right here it tells me as I read this and I internalize it, it says as I cast my care on Him, by the way, it means this, not just to lay something on, it means this, to heave upon with vigor. So right now, I want us to pause all over this room and I don't know what's going on in your world, what you got going on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday until we get back here Here's the deal. Whatever you got in your world, I want you right now to heave it with vigor on God. I mean, just take it literally. Just, just heave it on Him right now. He's got big shoulders. He looked at Job in the midst of Job's misery. And as Job had a little, uh, little temper tantrum there, he said, Job, he said, where were you when I created the world? <laughs> All right, checkmate. You got me there, God. The God of the universe today, regardless of what you've been through, regardless of the brokenness, regardless of the abandonment, regardless of the self-inflicted scars in your life, here's the deal. Failure in itself is not the issue. It's what we do next that matters.
just heave it on him right now. You know what I've learned in my own brokenness is this. It takes a lot of effort and a lot of exhaustion to carry around your burdens. It's exhausting on every level. And there God is through His Son Jesus saying, just give it to me. I mean, think about this for a moment. We have the God of the universe through His Son Jesus Christ that actually wants all of our garbage. (laughs) That's amazing. I mean... I mean, I have trouble dealing with my own garbage, let alone anyone else's. And God goes, just give me your garbage. Because I care for you. That word in our culture has been so misconstrued. Love, care. We don't even know what it means. Biblical love is this, it's an agape love that simply could be fleshed out in this arena that that we love not because of, we love in spite of. Again, we outserve one another, right? In that family dynamic, we outserve one another. We love one another in the church dynamic, at home, at, in your business, your ball team, whatever you're dealing with today, you outserve one another. You love one another, not because you're going to get something, because that's one of our struggles in our culture today. Often we love Jesus for his, what he does for us, amen? And yet when he doesn't go our way, the real true disciple will say, even though you don't go my way, I'm still going your way. And there's a love, a humility that fleshes itself out as we cast our cares, our anxieties, our worries, our frets, our distractions. Because here's the deal. The command here in this sentence, this long sentence here, is this, to cast all, not have selective casting, but all, every care, every worry, every anxiety, every trauma from your past, every hurt, every wound, that person that has inflicted that on you, you turn them over to God, you just look to Him for praise and glory, that you have new life in Him, that your life has been set free, and as you cast, as you heave with vigor, you just heave it on Him, you just dump it on Him, you say, Lord, I don't want to continue in this because I'm burdened, I'm heavy laden, but I know this from your word, you will give me rest. And who doesn't want rest? It's only through Jesus. There's no other way. Think about that. As we cast our anxieties on Him, because He cares for us. Here's my thought before I give you the last key. And this really hit me like a load of bricks. So I'm talking to me, and I pray the Holy Spirit will use this statement to perhaps work in your own life as He's working in mine.
for any anxieties that I don't cast on him, I'm in essence saying to him, I don't trust you. Did you notice the wording here? Casting, ongoing, casting, all. Like, all. Like, how much is excluded from all? Not a whole lot. So whatever you're dealing with today, whatever the struggle is, whatever it is that's standing between you and God today, He wants you right now, right now, just to cast it on Him. Just give it to Him. You're not meant to carry this. Jesus wants to carry you. And as we cast all these things upon Him, we roll into this key number three, our last key, and here's what it says. And make this personal, by the way. Make this personal. God cares for me. Therefore, I will give Him all of my anxieties. Well, let's say this together out loud. We've got to say this together out loud. Repeat after me. God cares for me. Say it. Do, Do you believe that? Like, God cares for you. He loves you. Like, no matter what you've done, it doesn't matter. When you give your life in total surrender, as we've seen this happen just this morning, I'm giving my life to Him. I I no longer want to one hand here and one hand here and play in the dance. No, in great humility of heart, we've seen this. I want to give my life to Jesus. He loves you. He cares for you. That thought was burning in my head all week, which I know that's probably a scary thought. I made this note. Pride and humility are at war with each other. We naturally default to pride. Therefore, we must declare war on our pride. Philippians says it like this, write this down, chapter 4, 6 through 7. Do not be anxious about what? You guys know this, you have this embroidered on your toothbrush. But in everything, okay, let's just pause and let's go back for a minute, okay? Do not be anxious about, but in Okay, we got an anything and we got an everything. We got a lot of things going on here, don't we? Wait, do you see the importance of this? Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication. Oh, this is the part that gets us with Whew. yikes. Let your requests be made known to God. Pause there for a moment. Anything, everything, thanksgiving. Paul, what's going on here? What are you telling us here? I'll tell you what he's telling us. The suffering prisoner of the Lord is talking here through the power of the Holy Spirit. 
And he's saying, look, my life's in shambles according to the earth and man's standards, but according to God's standard, the plan is right on schedule. And he's saying here, look, if anyone has the t-shirt, it's me, Paul is saying, in the human realm. Of course, Jesus has the real t-shirt of the suffering servant. Paul's saying here, look, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer. God, I I need you. I need help. God, I I need wisdom. God, I need discernment. Whatever you're praying to the Lord even right now, God, there's trauma in my life, and I don't know how to deal with it, and do you really care for me, and do you really love me? Because it was never modeled for me, and and my mind's a mess, and there's a a ping-pong match going on up there inside my head. God, help me in this by prayer. (laughs) And we so often get misconstrued on this prayer thing, don't we? (laughs) We either go one of two ways, right? Be thou thouest, right? We got to like impress and use all these King James type words, if you will, or we go to the other pendulum swing of rub a dub dub, thanks for the grub, yea, God, right? And the reality is this prayer is just simply this. It's just talking to God. We're, we're just talking. We're going, God, we have direct access to you. We have direct access to the blood of Jesus Christ that the veil has been torn forever. And we have a straight shot to you. And we're just talking to you saying, Lord, man, I'm struggling here. and I'm struggling there. How do you want to lead me here? And where do I need to go there? It's a constant communication as our life is no longer our own. We're getting our marching orders from God himself. We're listening acutely. And then we're obeying with fervor. That's what Paul's saying. But he says this last phrase. And you don't want to miss this. Because here's what's going to happen. Do not be anxious about anything, he says, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, even in the midst of the struggles and the trials, thank you, Lord. I know it's pruning and refining me and making me more like Christ. Thank you. And, verse 7, the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And all God's people said. Well, life's hard at times, isn't it? Do you ever, do you ever wonder what God's up to? <laughs> you ever been there before? You're kind of like, God, I think you're amazing, but can you give me the cliff notes of what you're doing here? We've probably all been there, or maybe you're there today. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, in everything, with thanksgiving, give those to God. He wants them. That's part of casting, isn't it? Did you pick up on this? It's part of casting, but prayer. Just casting right now over this room. We're just, Lord, we're storming the throne room of heaven. God, we are pounding on the door of heaven right now, God. We're saying, God, fight for us, oh God. Like, fight for us, oh God. Do a work only you can do. And the peace of God. Don't you love that? That surpasses anything this world can give you. You can be a gazillionaire. 
You can have all the mansions and the trophy spouse and be a miserable wreck. Because the only way that you'll have the peace of God is to get the peace from the Prince of Peace, whose name is Jesus. What did we learn today? Like, what did you learn? I wrote this down when I asked myself this question. I'll just read it to you. If we are prideful, God unleashes war on us. If we are humble, God extends grace, exalts us in His time, and He mercifully cares for us. Amen? Oh, Father, we come before You today. and Lord, I don't know all the stories in this room, but You do. Father, I pray that in the midst of these stories all across this room, Holy Spirit, would You move right now? Perhaps there's one here today, maybe several, that have never truly given their life to You. And Father, I just ask that You would stir in this time. Lord, I never personally want to quench nor grieve You working. Forgive me for my pridefulness, Lord. Father, maybe there's an individual right now that you're speaking to. And they need to surrender their life to you today. Maybe there's a dad in the room here today and the dad's going, you know what, man, I need some help. I'm struggling. Maybe a mom, single man, single woman, student, even child. Holy Spirit, will you move in this place today? Give us great humility. And then watch you work in our presence. On this one I will look. He who is humble and contrite in spirit and who trembles at my word. Oh, Father, we tremble in your presence today, giving you glory and praise. And we pray this all in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. You've been listening to This Day in the Word, the radio teaching ministry of This Day Ministries. Don't forget that all of these messages are archived and are free to download at thisdayministries.org. That's thisdayministries.org. In addition, if you have been blessed by the teaching of God's Word during This Day in the Word, we would love to hear from you. Our email address is info at thisdayministries.org. Thanks again for listening as we strive to honor Christ and impact our world as we spend this day in the Word.